I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The FT. Henshin savers of the world unite. You have nothing to lose but your annuities. Welcome to a special budget 2014 edition of The Money Show, the FT's most downloaded podcast. I'm Jonathan Ely, and I'm joined by my FT colleagues, Elaine Moore. Hello. Vanessa Holder. Hello. Plus a special guest on the phone, Laith Calaf, Head of Corporate Research, Hargreaves Lansdowne. Hello. Now, most years the budget is complete tedium. There are a few changes to rates here and reliefs there, but we're often left writing about arcane points of detail rather than matters of great substance. Indeed, last week I wrote a column saying the budget was so pointless it should be scrapped and that its very existence merely encouraged an annual round of tinkering and fiddling instead of proper reform. Well, those cynical words have come back to haunt me with a vengeance. This week's budget was nothing short of revolutionary on several fronts. Let's start with ICES. These are the UK's most popular savings product with over 24 million adults owning one. Since they were introduced in 1999, the rules have been progressively simplified. For instance, the widely ignored insurance ISA was scrapped a few years ago, and the savings limits have been increased. These changes have encouraged more saving, and it seems Whitehall has taken note, because it's just made ISAs even more attractive. Here with the details is Elaine Moore. Elaine, I guess the most important thing is that the limits are going up again. Can you tell us when and by how much? Yeah, it's happening really soon and they're going up by a very large amount. So this is all completely unexpected. What's going to happen is that in July, the maximum amount that you can put into an ISA will be increased from £11,520 to £15,000. And at the same time, you'll be able to put as much cash as uh, stocks and shares into the ISA. So if you want, you can put £15,000 into an ISA. So that's up from £5,760. So about three times as much you'll be able to put tax-free into an ISA. And they've also changed the rules around cash versus stocks and shares, haven't they? They have. So what the government is calling these is the new ISA, but I don't know if we need to buy into that title. But there is quite a dramatic change. What they've done is they've scrapped the difference between stocks and shares and cash so that you can transfer your money between one and the other whenever you like. You can hold up to the maximum in either, whereas before you could only hold up to half the total in cash. So that's very good for cautious investors, for those who want access to their money, for uh, those who want to swap their investments around because their risk profile changes over time. It Basically, it's given you a lot more freedom to do what you like with your cash. And you can also put 
different things in ISAs now, uh, particularly lots of fuss yesterday about peer-to-peer lending within ISA. What's that all lots about? Lots of fuss from peer-to-peer providers about this. They're extremely excited. They had thought that this was going to happen a little while ago and then things had held off for a while. So um, last year there was lots of excitement from them because they thought that this might happen and now it's finally been announced. So peer-to-peer lenders, we've talked about these on the podcast before, but it's a way of borrowing and lending money between individuals. You don't have to get banks involved because you're not getting banks involved and this is all online the rates are a little bit better so borrowing rates are better and the investment rates are better you don't get the same protection that you would get if you put your money into a bank account for example Zopa one of the lenders your interest investment rate is about 5% a year that's much better than you're going to get in say a cash ISA however if the borrower doesn't pay the money back there is a little fund that Zopa has to repay your money but if that also collapses and doesn't pay back you don't get this financial compensation that you would get if a bank fell apart. Okay, and finally, are there any other changes that I've missed? Any other liberalisations of the ISA regime? You'll be able to hold bonds with a maturity of less than five years. So that's something that's been consulted about. And also it just gives you more flexibility in what you want to put into your ISA. Basically, it's supercharged ISAs. These are already the most popular investment for a lot of households out there. One thing that we should maybe say, though, is it's quite interesting that they've raised the amount of £15,000 at the moment with the 11000 ish maximum. Only one in 10 people hold the maximum. So the question is, who is going to actually put £15,000 into an ISA every year? Probably quite well-off people. So it's not People with £15,000. People with £15,000 to spare. So this is not necessarily a measure for everybody. Perhaps the, the cash and investments transfer is something that might affect a lot more people. OK, thank you very much, Elaine. You can read all about this right now on the FT's budget website at ft.com forward slash budget. And, of course, in this weekend's FT Money, which is available on Saturdays and Sundays as part of the weekend FT. We've devoted the entire issue this week to budget coverage. We'd love to hear your views on George Osborne's fifth budget, too. You can email us at money at ft.com or reach us via Twitter at FT Money. Still to come on the show, advisers react with fury to the Chancellor's plans to crack down on tax avoidance. But first, let's turn to pensions. We thought George Osborne might pull a rabbit or two out of the hat in the budget speech, but when it came to pension savings, he came up with a whole series of bunnies. First of all, from next week, those who choose to go into drawdown rather than buy an annuity will only need to have £12,000 of other income as opposed to £20,000 now, and they'll be able to take 150% of what the equivalent annuity would generate compared to 120% now. Those with small funds can opt to take all their accumulated cash out of their pension plan under the so-called trivial commutation rules. A small fund is currently defined as £18,000, but from next week that limit will rise to 30000 Those who work into old age will be able to continue paying into a pension past the age of 75, and the government will consult on changing the tax treatment of pensions upon death as well. But these changes merely set the stage for the upheaval that's to come in 2015. From April next year, Mr Osborne proposes that everybody crystallising a pension pot should receive free, impartial, face-to-face guidance on their options at retirement and that nobody should be compelled to buy an annuity if they don't want to. These changes are momentous and they sent shares in life insurance companies sharply lower yesterday. But what do they actually mean for savers? 
I'm joined now by Leith Calaf, who's Head of Corporate Research at Financial Services Group Hargreaves Lansdowne. Let's start, Leith, with the easy changes, trivial commutation. What's the problem Mr Osborne is trying to fix here, and has he fixed it, do you think? Yeah, well, the, the problem that he's trying to fix is that for many people who have built up not very great savings over their lifetime, it doesn't make sense to buy an annuity. They don't get a very competitive deal on the annuity market. Uh, and actually for them, if you've only built up a fairly small amount, it makes sense to be able to take it as a lump sum. Uh, so what he's done is, is is expand the existing rules to encompass greater amounts of, of lump sum that can be drawn from your pension and really hedged off that problem. Um, as you say, that is really paving the way for the greater reform which is happening next year. OK, now at the other end of the scale, for people with quite large pension funds, they do already have the option of not buying an annuity and going into what's called drawdown. The changing restrictions on drawdown presumably mean that's going to become easier. That's right, yeah. So for everyone who has an income of over £12,000 already from secure pensions, they will, from the 27th of March, be able to draw as much from their pension as they want under what is called flexible drawdown. Even if you don't have £12,000, you can go into drawdown and draw 150%, so 1.5 times as much as the annuity rate that you would be entitled to. And that, again, is from the 27th of March. But both of those scenarios really, again, are an interim holding position until next year when everything is freed up. So there are planned to be no restrictions on the amount of income that you will need to take as much of your pension as and when you want it. Well, let's talk about that change, because a lot of critics are saying that, well, by completely removing the requirement to buy an annuity, Mr Osborne is running the risk that a lot of people will get to the age of 55 or 60 and they'll say, oh, great, I can get into my pension now. They'll take all the cash out. They'll buy a Harley Davidson. They'll go on a cruise. They'll fit a new conservatory and then they'll rely on the state to look after them in old age. Is that a risk? I think there is a risk there, but I think it's a lot smaller uh, than people expect. There are a number of of reasons for that. The first is that any withdrawals that you make from your pension plan above your 25% tax-free cash sum are taxable as income. So if you take it all in one hit, then you're going to pay a a pretty hefty tax bill on that, whereby staggering it, you're going to minimise the amount of tax you pay. So that that tends to lead you towards a, a more gradual withdrawal of your pension plan. Also, bear in mind that there's only a limited amount of, of money that you can spend in every any year. What are you going to do with the rest? Well, what you're probably going to do is squirrel it away for the future in a tax-exempt savings plan, which is exactly what a pension is. So actually, because your money rolls up in a pension plan free of UK income and capital gains tax, again, it makes sense to leave it in there and draw it as you want to spend it. I think it is probably true that we do have this attitude in this country to draw as much out of your pension as quickly as you can to get the most possible value out of it. But if you think about it, the reason we have that attitude is is precisely because of the restrictions that exist on it. If suddenly those restrictions are removed and you can get access to your pension money whenever you want it, then actually a lot more people, I think, will be inclined to leave it in there and draw it as and when they see fit. Okay, and finally a word on annuities. Is this really the end of the line? Or do you think actually that for many people annuities will continue to be a good and and relatively safe, uh, quantifiable option, especially once interest rates recover? Yeah, I think they will still have a place, but it's not going to be 
the, the, the place that they have at the moment, uh, which is essentially as the primary form of retirement income. So I think that there still will be a, a place for annuities. People still will have a need for a secure retirement income, and that's what an annuity delivers. As you say, when uh, interest rates recover, then annuities should start to look more attractive as well. But I think more people will opt for flexibility around how they draw their retirement income because that allows them to do an awful lot more. Okay, thanks very much. That was Leif Kalaf at Hargreaves Lansdowne. Now there's masses of discussion and comments about these momentous changes at ft.com forward slash budget. And there'll be lots more in Saturday's FT Money, where we take a detailed look at the budget winners and losers. FT Money is part of the Weekend FT, which you can also read on mobile devices and online at ft.com forward slash money. If you want to join the debate, you can leave comments at the foot of articles on our website, you can tweet us at ftmoney, or you can email us. The address, once again, is money at ft.com. On to our final item for today. For some time now, the Chancellor has been cranking up the rhetoric on tax avoidance. The Treasury has put in disclosure agreements with havens like the Channel Islands, Liechtenstein and Switzerland to flush out those who avoid tax by keeping assets offshore. And last year, the government introduced a wide-ranging general anti-abuse rule to crack down on the use of aggressive tax planning schemes. The numbers of such schemes, and those using them, has fallen sharply, as many perceive now that they are more trouble than they're worth. In this week's budget, there was more on avoidance and abuse, and some advisers are furious at the increasingly aggressive stance being taken by the Treasury and HMRC, saying it is tantamount to guilty until proven innocent. I'm joined now by Vanessa Holder, the FT's tax correspondent. Vanessa, Mr Osborne boasted that he's going to bring in £4 billion from these people who've used tax avoidance schemes in the past. How is he going to do that and why is it so controversial? If you're one of the 35,000-odd taxpayers who've used tax avoidance schemes over the last decade, which the revenue didn't like, you will receive a pay-now notice the tax authority will demand that you pay the disputed cash up front and you can argue about it later in court if you like. Now, this is very controversial because it's changing the rules of the game. People went into these schemes with one expectation and now the rules have changed. What can wealthy folk do if they feel, for instance, that they went into a scheme that, that they considered was perfectly legitimate or were advised was perfectly legitimate. Now HMRC says it's not. They've got a demand for a big chunk of cash. Can they appeal? Yes, they will be able to take the case to court in the normal way. But critically, HMRC will have the benefit of a cash If they have difficulties paying, they may be able to arrange a time-to-pay scheme with um, HMRC, which says it will look at it on a case-by-case basis. But to judge by the material the government put out yesterday, they do expect people to pay up. Okay, so recourse to courts, that sounds very expensive. Is this storm of criticism that's come from uh, tax advisors valid or is this just the sound of uh, squeaking pips, if you like, from the very wealthy? It's a retrospective change and that does cause genuine unease when you're dealing with something like the tax system that does depend on predictability. But it's fair to say there is very little sympathy at the moment for people who have done avoidance schemes 
George Osborne said that there's no tolerance for the wealthy who don't pay their fair share of tax, and I'm sure he's right on that. And finally, Vanessa, there was some news too yesterday on partnerships, which are company-like structures commonly used by people like lawyers and accountants and hedge fund managers. They've also been quite controversial. What was the news there? So in the budget, uh, they've announced that they're going ahead with their plans and these are quite big revenue raisers. They've made a few tweaks. They have listened to what people have said, but they're pretty minor. So these plans, which are to counter the disguising of employment relationships, as they put it, and prevent tax-motivated allocation of funds, will, for some of the people you've described, be quite a big tax increase. Thank you very much, Vanessa. Tax avoiders were among the main losers from this year's budget, and you can read more about why in this weekend's FT Money. We're back with a regular FT Money show next week, but until then, it's goodbye from me, Vanessa and Laith Calaf of Hargreaves Lansdowne. And it's farewell from Elaine, who is shortly moving to another role on the markets desk of the Financial Times. Although, of course, we hope to lure her back for the occasional Money Show cameo in the future. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.